It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy, with your hosts, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as I discuss a variety of topics, such as Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Namor, and Top Gun Maverick. Okay, what was I talking about? Karate Kid? Okay. Uh, yeah, you're t- Karate Kid. Definitely watch Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, the best... Oh, it's not a prequel. Best sequel ever to the Legacy IP. Wait, when are we getting that? The Mr. Miyagi prequel. Oh, he's dead. Oh, fuck. Oh, prequel. Oh. Yeah, prequel. Prequel. Yeah, prequel. <laughs> no, oh, fuck. They've pulled a fucking Paramount Star Trek um, in, in whoever owns the rights to um, uh, Karate Kid. Because those fuckers, um, the studio, the movie studio announced that they're going to make a sequel in-universe to the Karate Kid story. It's going to come out like in a couple years. But yeah. the geniuses who've been making Cobra Kai, the producers, they don't know shit about this movie. So everyone's, all the fans are like, what the fuck? How is this going to be in-universe? And... And how are they not talking to the guys who've been doing Cobra Kai, which is like the greatest fucking sequel follow-up ever to a nostalgia IP. And so everyone's like, what the fuck? And the only explanation is like, is it going to be a prequel? Because how else could you fucking do something in-universe that doesn't jibe with the Cobra Kai series? Which is the dumbest thing ever, by the way. Um, Because those guys are like the felony of the Karate Kid universe. Why would you not consult them if you were going to make a new motion picture because these guys obviously know what the fuck they're doing um so i don't know it's, it's but horrible. uh but black panther uh wakanda forever that's so <laughs> as you guys know i wasn't planning to see it at all at the theater i was gonna wait for disney plus but i think it was my spotify or something just started randomly playing this song uh, and i was like what is this song i like what is it this sounds and I had a feeling it, it sounded like Gorenson. Um Like I had an idea that, because it was this random pop song or pop-ish song, indie pop song in Spanish. And I was like, I really like this. And I was like, what is this? And I looked at my Spotify and it said Wakanda Forever soundtrack. And I was like, wait a second. And I was going to ask Caleb, but I didn't. I was going to ask him, is this actually in the movie or is it just in the credits? Because... If it's actually in the movie, now I want to watch the movie just because I'm curious about this song. And I didn't even ask Caleb. I just, you know, I just took a chance that it's not just going to be in the credits. And I went to go see it. And also I wanted to check out the remod at this local theater. I wanted to see what they did with the remod that they did recently. So that was another excuse. So I went. And 
despite it not being a perfect movie, and by the way, I watched Black Panther again like a day or two before I went to go see it. And breaking news: apparently, I hate Black Panther worse or more. Hurt it worse. Hate it. Yeah, I, I I dislike the movie even more now that I recently rewatched Black Panther. Like I re- all the things that we discussed before that we don't like, I don't like is just multiplied worse after my recent re- reviewing. Anyway. Despite all that, and I do have issues with the movie in general or the story in general, I have to say, at the end of the day, I actually liked Wakanda Forever more than Black Panther. Well, I guess that's not a high yep. bar for me to clear, but I actually did like it more. And I was expecting to hate this movie, or not hate, but I expected it to be on the same lower tier level where I place Eternals in Shang-Chi and Black Widow. I was expecting a movie on that level for my taste, but it 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 somehow exceeded that. Well, I kind of know what the somehow is, because it turns out that song in question, oh my gosh, it actually features in the movie in the actual movie. You know, it's not just in the credits, and I love that scene. That scene was amazing. And if you don't know what scene it is and what song it is, it's when, oh my gosh, I don't even know her name, but. Uh, it's when, oh my god, I don't know anybody's name in Black Panther. Um, oh my gosh. I was going to pull up the, the cast, and I was like, no, I don't need it for this. What was um, the sister. <laughs> when the sister, when the younger sister gets basically welcomed in to the underwater kingdom. Oh yeah, Shuri. Oh my, yeah, Shuri. Oh my gosh. I, I just love that scene. I love that song. I love the way it was paired together. And weirdly, I guess overall it is what I liked about the movie. And it's weird because, you know, I used to read X-Men comics. That was like my main comic reading when I was a big Marvel fan of their comics, like in the 90s primarily. Um, And then a little bit again in the uh, um, mid-10s, I went back to the X-Men comics again. And despite all that... I never really knew that much about Namor in the comics or otherwise. And I never really... And I know some things have been altered for the Wakanda movie. But Mm. I never really... Realized his full roots. Or or maybe I just don't know how much they were altered for this particular movie versus the comics. Because again, I'm I'm not that knowledgeable on Namor in particular. But... I actually really liked the whole look and concept of the... I can't remember what the people were called, the Nemorians, uh, in the movie. Uh, Telecon. Telecon. I actually... Uh, they actually got me with that stuff. I actually thought it was really interesting. And, you know, I was going to mention... I meant to bring up Apocalypto more when we were discussing Avatar. Um, and, it's yeah, you know, I have a... A crazy love for that movie and of course anything that reminded me of that movie even if it was just visual texture um i i guess i guess that really that really did it for me um what i didn't like about the movie and what i don't like especially about black panther and, and i thought about it more after rewatching black panther and i don't know if i can even say this but i the wakanda wakandians in general I just don't like, or maybe their leadership in general in the in both movies, I don't like them. 
they come across, and I'm, I'm not just picking out one particular character, but just in general, they come across as like these douchebags. Um, when I really think about it in both movies, um, and it's not all their fault, uh, the stuff that they get involved with in their movies, but something that jumped out at me watching both movies back to back, it just seems like Wakandians, maybe they discuss things internally, but when it comes to like the other cultures and factions that they, you know, have dealings with, it seems like they can never really discuss anything with anybody outside of their borders. And, and all their issues seem to just, they try to solve everything by fighting. And I just kind of noticed that as a weird through line between both movies that whenever they're dealing with anybody outside of Wakanda, it's like, nope, less talking, more fighting. And it just seems really weird to me um, as I was like reanalyzing both of those movies. And, you know, obviously we just watched Sith uh, and discussed it recently. And within the Wakandan Council and, and the decisions they make, I kept thinking about the Jedi losing their way um, from Sith. Uh, that was in the back of my mind too. Like, who are these people? They seem to be making like terrible decisions one after the other. Um, and so, but th that was just a big thing I noticed between the series. But overall, it was just it was it was an okay movie. And I guess that other stuff worked for me. And and it's weird because um, um, back when I discussed. Black Panther originally on Sci-Fi Party Line. I felt really trepidatious back during that podcast recording because um, I was either the only person or one of two people on a, on a panel of like six people. I was either the only person or one of two who was like not black or African-American on that panel. And everybody in that discussion absolutely adored Black Panther when we were discussing it. And I was a little bit afraid to say that it was just kind of meh for me, um, and 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 then it, and then and then I, you know I try you know I'm trying to like I mean even then and now you know I try to put myself in someone else's shoes and and like I mean I I get it there's something there there because the things they brought up about. Black Panther and why it was so special to them. Obviously, besides the story, it was this connection to this, like, you know, this this um, society, you know, somehow based on Africa, you know, even if they're a composite or, like, a fictional creation. And I even said it on that podcast conversation. You know, I, I guess at the end of the day, there is something that compels you because there is something about... Coco that that gave me a weird the Pixar movie they gave me a weird special feeling when I was watching it in the theater the first time not that I'm like hardcore Mexican or Mexican pride but there was something there and there was something about the movie Encanto even though I'm not Colombian in any way I have no connections but yet there was something there and so I don't know is that is that part of my connection with Apocalypto and even though I don't have any kind of like Mayan roots or anything like that that I'm aware of. Um, I don't know. Does that? I don't know. Is it? Does that somehow affect? I, I guess it does on some level, even though I don't 
know how that works exactly in me. Uh, so I guess somehow, and I and I wasn't expecting all that, even though I had seen a, a little bit of Wakanda trailers, or not much. I didn't realize how big a part all that Namor stuff was going to play, and I actually found it really interesting. And I, again, I still to this day don't know how much of a retcon that is or isn't to his comic book origins. But whatever the case is, it actually gives me some part of the current MCU to look forward to in Phase 5 because I'm one of those people, you guys know, but I'm one of those people who, who for the most part, really loathes Phase 4 overall. Um, so maybe there is something more to get keep me interested for Phase 5. Other than, of course, I'm also part of those people who are waiting for some full-on X-Men. Um, uh, <laughs> I thought someone was being serious when I saw a YouTube video before I saw the movie. Someone said something like, oh yeah, okay, fine, we get it. Woo, we get to see Wolverine and Storm in the, in the post-credit scenes. So I was actually expecting to see that. And, spoiler, that's not a thing. But I thought it was going to be a thing. That's neither here nor there. And I guess the last thing I'll say, because I feel weird uh, just um, uh, soapboxing by myself right now. But in the post or the mid credit scene, the one where it's revealed um, that T'Challa, that's his name, has his son. Well, I don't I don't know how much spoilers we should give for Isaac since he's not watching these. But, but I guess he already said it. So. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, Too late. Don't care. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I for some reason assumed he saw. It, even though I was like, how does this? No, no, I don't care. Don't give a rip. I was just wondering if that was just a CGI, because it, it felt very uncanny valley to me. Um, that kid. But yeah. So yeah, I, I was surprised. Uh, certainly wasn't a perfect movie, but I was definitely going in ready to hate the movie. And it was just, it was cool. And, and yeah, and still, that was definitely the highlight. Not just that song, but everything that had to do with that culture, the way it was realized, I, like, really, really dug it. Um, it wasn't as flashy as, like, the underwater world in Aquaman. But the thing about that movie, because um, I actually kind of like that movie, even though that goes against my type as well, for what I usually like. Um, even though I kind of like the Aquaman movie for what it is, it certainly has some kind of flashier vis visuals underwater, but they are in that cartoony CGI way. And I guess Marvel was, like they try to do in some of their movies, trying to make it a little bit more realistic, I guess, visually, and not so hyper-realistic. Uh, but that stuff was cool. That was, stuff was cool. And I don't know. They almost should have called the movie something else. I don't know. Uh, but no, that, that that wouldn't work either if you called it something else besides Wakanda. Um, but I think it was, it, I don't know. I think it, it could have brought in more, more people, had more people been really aware of what else was going on in that movie. Because like I said, I was about to skip it. But I heard that song and I, it was a siren song. It just pulled me in. Uh, Eric, what do you think of the cinematography? Um, It's... Like you know, like I said, it's mostly fine. It it's mostly Marvel as we know it. Um, it wasn't as bad as the CG in Black Panther. Um, certainly not that bad. Uh, but it 
it's it was quite a it was sort of uh run of the mill as far as mcu is concerned these days but of course again extra marks for the the underwater um just the way it was realized man it, that was awesome that that part that part made it worth it uh was that the underwater stuff with whatever for, with not atlantis uh was that better than aquaman and atlantis well like i said i i prefer it but maybe that's because of the cultural stuff that's woven into it well it's not just that it's not just the cultural stuff like i said aquaman is cool and all but it is it has a look that looks like an updated star wars prequel look um or like something akin to uh speed racer the live action movie whereas i can just watch aquaman and just for whatever reason i can suspend my disbelief like i said this is against type for me because on paper i should hate aquaman the movie um, but I just took it as, eh, like, not seriously, just as, like, a fun popcorn movie. So it actually weirdly worked for me, um, visually, Aquaman. But, no, I would certainly take uh, um, Wakanda Forever over that. That being said, um, while some of the, I guess, the more real realism that's brought to the the, the Wakanda underwater stuff... As much as I appreciate that versus Aquaman, um, it definitely does not have the pop of what I've seen in the Avatar trailer. And that's a whole different thing. Avatar 2, obviously, for a lot of different reasons. So it does not have that kind of impressive pop. But it it was still really cool. Uh, What did you think of the editing of it? Was it too long? Was it too short? What were the scenes like? How how did you feel about that? Length was fine. Like I said, it, it was enough there... To keep me involved. I mean, just like any other MCU movie, as far as I'm concerned, just there's a lot of implausible stuff or seemingly implausible um, within the actual story itself or plot. Um, and and maybe one chase went a little bit longer than I would have liked. That being said, though, again, comparing it to Black Panther, whereas I, we said somewhere, I don't know if this is on a recording or not, but at least for me and Caleb. Um, you know, I basically my brain shut off whenever action happened in Black Panther. I actually kept up with most of the action scenes in Wakanda Forever. Like I was still kind of like in much more invested in in them um, across the board versus Black Panther. Uh, what do you think of Ludwig Gordson's uh, music? Fantastic again. Now I'm a little bit worn out on the Wakanda beats. Um, the like i've i've kind of like heard that stuff enough um from both movies but the new stuff that he brings into it because of the other culture that is all top notch um oh one thing i forgot uh on the downside and i guess it ties into cinematography while it wasn't as egregious as the final battle in black panther as far as the cgi overuse and reliance um the ultimate finale or climax battle without getting into any spoilers it kind of suffered from some of the cgi even though it's completely different scenario than the original black panther it was still like ah crap just when i was enjoying this movie why did they have to uh 
end it all with this crappy looking scene as far as um, effects and setup and look and ugh, ugh, that was distasteful but other than that the rest of it was mostly looked fine okay uh, acting uh, what did you think of some of the people's acting so like how did Angela Bassett uh, fare the person who played Shuri uh, Nupita Luongo uh, Luongo sorry and uh, whatever face's name is from The Walking Dead, how did you think they? Do you think they fared a lot better? Uh, not, and this maybe on this better, but like, do you think they uh, really gave uh, their characters their all? Uh, what, what did you think of those guys? Yeah, honestly, everyone did pretty great. And what's his name? Um, Martin Freeman. Um, in his previous MCU appearances, like virtually all his previous appearances in the MCU, I was always distracted because his American accent never really worked for me. So for whatever reason, he pulled it off the best in this movie. Um, it wasn't as distracting to me in this movie as it has been with all his other appearances. Um, everyone else did fine. Uh, Shuri, who I actually thought was kind of weak in the acting department in Black Panther. And I was kind of um, trepidatious about that with this movie. Um, no, but she actually, no, she, she worked, she worked in this movie. Um, the new female character they introduce, I'm neither here nor, I mean, she, she seems like a fine person, but I'm neither here nor there with her. Um, Angela Bassett, I guess she has the other performance that, (laughs) I don't, I don't think this movie would, but if it got any Oscar attention the way Black Panther did, I feel like they'd almost be campaigning for Angela Bassett to get some kind of like best actress or lead uh, supporting actress Oscar nomination in some wacky world. Um, like it seems like that's what she's poised to be or what she's doing in the movie. I think she's fine as an actress and I think she gives it her all. But that being said, that shit was way over the top, but I don't think it was her fault. I mean, I think her character was being over the top. I don't think it was the actress's fault. I think it's the way she was written intentionally. And for me, it was extra, extra plus. And I and it it, it felt really strange and jarring to me the where they took her character. I wasn't a fan of it, but I'm sure I'm probably a minority opinion on that. I'm sure most other people would have positive things to say about her character and, and her performance in the movie. Uh, so how do you think the guy playing Namor, I don't even know who the actor is who played Namor. Yeah, he's not really, I don't think he's, I don't think he has any prior history or credits or that that's, that anyone knows about. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure about him just seeing some interviews prior to seeing the movie because uh, he did seem like a very untested actor in general. But that being said, the way it comes off in the actual movie, I think he was cast well. Um, and it, yeah, he totally worked for me. Um, yeah, no, he, he was great. He was great at the end of the day. Very nice. Um, hmm. I think you've gone through everything. What, was, what would your best thing be if I, if I could ask you that? Oh, of course you can ask, but it's absolutely. For me, Namor's world um, and all that stuff. And yeah, I'm almost a little curious to know more about his true backstory. 
from the comics, and I guess I'll get to that eventually. Oh, um, oh boy, you're talking to like a Namor super fan over here. So, uh, and and I'm assuming like other characters, there's probably been some rebooting and retconning just within the comics over the years. There has to have been, um, considering how old a character he is. But um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know how I'd feel if I had more attachment to the character. And then I was coming into this movie. I don't know if that would radically change my feelings about it, hmm. but with with what I with what little I know, I'm I'm cool with it. That's fair. Uh, what's your worst thing? Unless you already said like the final fight scene. Yeah, it was kind of that. It was that, and like I said, just the realization that Wakandans they don't they don't seem they they seem too much like the Jedi and the Jedi Council in the prequels. Um, very closed off, very slow to like realizing things before it's too late, and they just seem to really want to solve their problems with fisticuffs first, more than really like they seem like the least empathetic faction out there in the MCU. As far as like they only see things from their point of view and are not interested in anybody else's point of view. Well, I mean, they are isolationists after all. Like, they closed off their borders to throw a fall. Certainly, certainly. And, you know, a lot of things I'm saying about them, you could say about Namor's people, but they're so, like, new kids on the block um, in terms of, like, the movie series that that's why I don't have a lot to say about them yet because, uh, you know, they haven't been around that much in the movie series. Well, that's... So, to be the... To TBD on them and what I think about them. Because you could say the same thing. Like, they're really into their own view... And they're like even more isolationists than Wakandans, but but yeah, they're still new kids on the block to me. So I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you could also even say that about like the Inhumans in Adelan, uh, just because of how like well, one, they're on the moon, uh, and two, they are also you know just like freaks of nature, uh, similar to like the Atlantis. Oh, the Inhumans, you said. Yeah, 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 the Inhumans, but like the actual Inhumans, but. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing is that that's I think that was the point was to take you know a, another society, another like secret society that the world doesn't know about. I mean, they haven't yet gone to the Lost Worlds yet. We haven't seen Kazar. No, I get that. I get that totally. It's just that you know we had a a light introduction to them prior to Black Panther, and then of course Black Panther was the big debut. And I guess the reason why I bring it up more now about them in particular is because. Instead of growth in the MCU with them, I've, it almost feels like I've seen the opposite. Like, um, like they've almost, um, what do you call it? Uh, um, yeah, backtracked. Regressed. Yeah, yeah, backtracked. But regressed was the movie I was trying to think of. They almost seem to have regressed from Black Panther to Wakanda. Like, they've doubled down on being ridiculous. It has been, like, their arc as a, as a society, which seems bizarre to me because you would think they would learn their lessons or something what's weird is it was kind of whole the whole arc in the last one t'challa learning to uh not repeat the same mistakes of being an isolationist i almost think that um kugler should have had the balls or, or maybe marvel themselves to have him assassinated by some sort of outside force like we see in the movie that there's this kind of plot to try to steal the vibranium I feel like he should have been killed in some sort of incident like that, and that would explain why they've gone so reverse again to being so isolationist. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't really make sense why he why they've turned around on his new uh, push for them. 
Yeah, no, no, that, that's that's uh, that's a good point. That that would be a good fix. Yeah, now that you bring it up, yeah, that would work. And it would have a lot of resonance with black leaders in the past, especially in the U.S. <laughs> but but not just in the U.S. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you're right about that too. Well, also in, in Africa, uh, Eric. I'm sorry if I'm gonna go here. Oh boy, is this move is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever woke? Um. Oh, it certainly is. And, and again, that was another thing that made me trepidatious about seeing it at the theater and spending my money. Because, uh, you know, for my money, ease, by far and away, Phase 4 was the wokest of the woke of the MCU overall. Um, that being said, it certainly has its woke elements. Um, and it mostly has to do with Wakanda. And I guess you could say, I guess you could say, the Namor stuff falls under the woke category as well. Um, that being said, it wasn't enough to like fully distract me or fully ruin the movie for me. And that's kind of like the thing that, that I've often brought to Caleb, or you know, because like I've mentioned to him, the Ms. Marvel series certainly starts off as woke as it can possibly be. Which was a turnoff for me initially with that series, but once I watched the entire series, eh, eh, it's fine. Yeah, it's woke at the beginning, especially, but overall, I'm fine with Miss Marvel and Wakanda. Yeah, it didn't. The wokeness factor did not bother me as much as other MCU products in the Phase Four, especially. So it was there, but it it wasn't nearly as distracting as some youtubers made it out to be like before i saw the movie which which is another trend i've been noticing lately um where certain youtubers i follow are overusing the woke card to discredit things some things deserve it but certainly not everything not surprising (laughs) (laughs) what is the discourse you because i know i know you 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 will always look at you know another perspective and go watch youtube or or the tiktoks or the instagram or the twitters you you are going over everywhere to like see another perspective which i highly respect oh thank Uh, you what is the what is the discourse on this movie right now what are people saying what's the perspectives people have on this movie that you uh it's mostly the this is a further nail in the the woke coffin of the mcu uh i've hardly saw anything positive um uh, i haven't done my full youtube social media research yet on this movie in particular but all i saw was everything as negative as everything else um in the last couple years for the mcu uh it was just lumped in with everything else and it did not help and i'm actually a little bit surprised um, by the overall box office because regardless of my personal feelings I would have expected this movie to do as good as Black Panther or possibly better and the fact that it underperformed actually kind of surprises me a bit and I don't know what exactly that is I don't think that's just wokeism on its own um, maybe there is something to this MCU fatigue I'm hearing about which is which is similar to the the Star Wars fatigue they talk about with that franchise currently. I'm still not sure if that is really a thing, um, the way people say it is. 
I'm, I'm sure there's some of it somewhere, but I don't know if that's the biggest culprit. Or, or if this fatigue, whether it's Star Wars or MCU, what they really mean, people are... It's not that they're tired of either thing. It's just they're tired of things that they perceive as mediocre. And I also wonder if maybe this movie suffered the way people say that Solo perhaps suffered and Andor perhaps suffered in the Star Wars universe in that both of those, Andor and Solo, followed some really unpopular things in their respective universe. And I wonder if maybe that's what affected Wakanda is that people really didn't like some of the previous stuff um, leading up to it. Um, maybe that's, but I was, I was really surprised um, that it, it, it really didn't do what, what was expected because the original Black Panther just seemed like the golden child um, regardless of what I or anybody thought about it. It seemed like one of the golden child movies of the MCU. So I was kind of surprised. And like I said, I actually liked it more than Black Panther, which um, was interesting to me. I think uh, the marketing didn't help. I agree. Like the trailer seemed very obscure. Like it didn't really tell you what was going on. It just seemed like it was going to be kind of an emotional like cry fest over losing Chadwick Boseman. They really sell that, that it's all about grief. They barely discuss what the villains are going to be. Uh, it felt too similar to the Avatar 2 trailer in some ways as well. So I just feel like it, it, it just didn't quite sell itself as, as something they, people need to see. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I could certainly imagine a completely different trailer for that movie that would have pulled me in at least. Because certainly what I saw was not pulling me in in any way. Because, um, yeah, whatever trailers I saw was, oh, God, this is just more of the movie I don't like already. Um which was what my feeling was. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even remember what Isaac's original question was. Uh, it wasn't woke. Uh, oh, no, sorry, no, no, sorry. That was, that was before. Uh, what, what were the other perspectives? Like, what's, what What people, What in, in your little sphere of people, what are, you, what are they saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just more of the end of the MCU, more of it just going down this, this woke path of which there's no recovery. Yeah, it, it seemed like as trashed no. as, as other, um, like I said, most of the Phase 4 Marvel films have been trashed. Yeah, and I'll just say, uh, again, I did not see the woke element. I'm, I'm still confused by that. But I'm curious for you, Isaac, because you wanted to... You told me that you wanted to start this recording discussing this because you had yeah. something that you wanted to mention. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Well, it was, but let me, let's just... Any, just one more thing. Uh, any oh, any last thoughts you want to say? Like you want to get off the table, or you want us to get off your chest, Eric, about Black Panther: Wakanda Forever? Well, again, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie that much, but the wokeness in particular, uh, in this particular movie, um, it's definitely the hard matriarchal push for the Wakandan civilization in this movie. It's, it's hard. Like, they push it hard, hard. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that that definitely falls under what is the woke tab. Um, and then, like I said, I don't know that much about Namor's oh. origins, but I feel like, from an outsider's point, my outsider point of view, um, there's a vocal minority out there of haters 
who look at whatever's been done to Namor as some wild wokeness being applied to him as a character, which, again, this is my outsider point of view because I don't know what credence there is to that. Well, I'll just say, uh, I mean, who else would have taken over Wakanda? It seemed the natural flow. I don't see how that's woke. I mean, our queens and there's definitely queens that exist in our world. I, I don't think that's... Uh... No, there's nothing, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with a matriarch. There's nothing wrong with that. But the reason it falls into the, the woke category is because literally every single strong person in the whole Wakandan world now in the MCU is a female, save one. Save one. And that's what makes it woke. Not that there's uh, a female in charge. It's that it's all female except for one male. That's, that's what makes it woke. I mean, I thought that certain tribes on the African continent were matriarchal. So how is that yeah. woke? Like in the <laughs> past. Like I, I don't see that as woke. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in history or in the world even presently. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But that was the hard turn that separates this movie from the first one. Well, fair enough. All right. I don't I don't necessarily know if I see it. But, but again, I, I think I'll always be at a difference with woke. I feel like I just don't fully... It doesn't fully click in my mind the the connections to get there, but again, it didn't it didn't like affect greatly like my feeling on the movie overall. But I can still see it in front of me, even if it didn't get in the way of the movie itself for me. Yeah, and I'll say I am surprised to see some of those Namor people coming out screaming about wokeness. As a big Namor fan, that was certainly not my issue. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about wokeness. Uh, it was much more deeper uh, character issues that troubled me very deeply walking out of that movie but but i've already ranted about that enough i i feel like i've exhausted on my namor uh frustrations <laughs> see i don't know much and i just remember from the times i did see him in comics because he did show up sometimes in the ones i read just not a lot but whenever he did my um my uninformed takeaway just from the comics was man this guy's a super dick Oh my yep. god. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I was like, God, this guy, what is his chip? But again, I don't know his full origin. <laughs> but they're like, God, well, what I mean, what happened to him? Fuck. Come on, Eric. Like he's he's got a whole legacy to uphold. He's the first mutant. Well, that's that's not really his legacy. Well, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that fact. I just don't know, like I said, I don't really know his real backstory in any shape. That's the one thing I'll always say about him, even though that's like, you know, it's that's not it is true. I'm just Yeah, like, it's, it's it's barely a part of his character really. <laughs> it's not something they ever focus on except when he shows up in X Men. See, I never know anything about Yeah, I don't know anything about his origins other than the movie, really. So I really don't know about him. Yeah, I'm a big Namor fan. I've been wanting to see that was actually one of the first comic books I ever read is is a Namor comic and it was one of the ones I've been wanting to see long before the MCU ever got started. I was always wishing that they would make a Namor movie. And I knew when they made Aquaman, I was like, oh, that's it. I'm not going to see Namor. And so it, it makes total sense why they completely changed the character in the way they did. But it just, it still hurts. Oh, wait, because you're saying because of like the the cinematic Aquaman, like you knew that Namor couldn't be whatever. Yes. Whatever it was. I don't know, it all makes me curious. Yeah, because Aquaman was essentially a, a ripoff of Namor in many ways. They changed some of the character elements, definitely, but in terms of uh, being the, the ruler of Atlantis. I kind of see what you're saying. Again, me being kind of ignorant on Aquaman himself, uh, I kind of see what you're saying. And, yeah, I'm just really curious 
uh, now about Namor because because being a Marvel guy, he was he's always been like an unexplored territory for me, and he always seemed like more forgettable to me because you know growing up, I always knew there was Aquaman and Namor. I always knew that, and as little as I've ever known about Aquaman, I certainly was more familiar with him my entire life than like who's this Submariner guy? Like what? What in the world? Oh, and I think it I think it's an intentional move on Marvel's part. I think they have something against the Namor character. And they've had a, a like almost a 40-year campaign of trying to bury him. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. I have no idea either. Um, but as a Namor fan, just always uh, not serviced by the, the company that produces comics. Like, is it one of those things maybe because it was like they don't want to do the royalties because it's a different creator since he's from a different era or something? Like, they have a beef no, with they... the estate? No, they conti- they consistently use him, but he's always a side piece in someone else's book. He hasn't had his, his own solo book in like almost thirty years now. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it'd been that long. But also, like Aquaman, and I'm no again, I'm no expert on either of them. But like Superman has like his constraints. Like if you're trying to write a new Superman book now, like what the fuck are you gonna do with that? If you're just coming onto the scene now as the writer for Superman, it kind of seems that way to me for for an undersea character like what the fuck like how do you come up with new exciting things week in week out for a character like that it seems like so difficult hey they managed many times before uh before the the 2000s but and i should just mention for any namor fans out there who want to be pedantic they did try to start two runs in 2000 and i think it was 2002 and then in 2011 but those didn't go past 12 issues each so so those don't really count. <laughs> those are more mini series. But again, but speaking of someone who really knows most about both those characters from their recent cinematic uh, excursions, as much as I enjoyed Aquaman as a popcorn flick, just judging these new interpretations, I think Namor just comes across as way cooler to me um, than Aquaman on screen. Just way cooler uh, and way more interesting. Kind of like you guys obviously didn't know me when the first Thor movie came out but Thor was another character who I really didn't know anything about and most people I I knew were semi lukewarm on the original Thor I actually found that movie really really interesting at the time Um, and it was kind of my it was kind of my favorite pre-Avengers movie MCU movie Um, I mean yeah, I don't know. I mean, Iron Man 1's probably better. But Thor was the one that interested me the most out of those pre-Avengers 2012 movies because it was my biggest blind spot at the time. And I didn't realize all this stuff about Asgard and the Rainbow Road. And it actually got me like really curious about the Thor character, that first movie. And that's kind of what's happened to me, perhaps, with uh, Namor now. Um... Oh my god, people didn't even... People in the YouTube, they don't even like how how his name is pronounced in the movie. Um, they hated that. Uh, is that a retcon about like the meaning of his name? Yep. Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah, the YouTubers hate that. Totally hate it. And I would totally accept that if they would have been consistent. It, what strikes me as more bizarre is that Shuri continues to call him Namor after that. It was like, what are you, a douchebag? You just told you how to say his name and you just completely ignore it. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's that's an interesting wrinkle. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to get into the... Because there was a lot of weird negative 
Shuri Press, I mean, towards the actress before this movie came out, but I don't think I need to dive deep into that right now. Yeah, Isaac, uh, why are we here? Why are we here, Isaac? Come on. (laughs) You got something I know you're sitting on. Tell me why you're here. Hey, you ever wonder why we're here? Uh, Okay, so um, I did something that I haven't done in a while. I think I don't remember what was the last time I saw it, but like. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen it so like uh, I saw Top Gun Maverick. No, oh, oh. Wait, you have or you haven't seen it? Have no, I oh, have. Oh, okay. I, so uh, you have I seen some, it. I had some time on Thursday, uh, a little bit of time. I was like, well, I wanted to see a, another movie. If I, I want to see if I can see it at some point, um, but I, there was there was another movie I really wanted to see, um, but it was sold out, and I was like, crap. All right. So Which I, movie? Uh, just as by the way. Oh yeah, fair enough. Uh, it's um. It was Evangelion: Thrice Upon a Time. Oh, oh yeah. One, oh, yeah. Even though, even though everyone can say, "Hey, it's it's out on Amazon Prime," you know, you can you can watch it. No, like, why why would I why would I go into Amazon Prime? Like like why? I I would have watched it if I had seen the other films, but I haven't seen the other films yet. Uh, well, guess what? I have. Uh, so <laughs> I believe it. Um, but I'll try to get out to see that one at some point because I really want to see it, even if it is the Japanese version. Even though I kind of am, uh, admittedly, I am a fan of the English dub. But uh, yeah, me was, too. I'm a fan of the Spanish dub too, of Evangelion. Nice. Uh, so like, you know, I was like, you know what? Like, I was still surprised that it's still out uh, six months later. But I was like, you know what? I I did say I want to give Maverick its fair dues. Um, I broke my rule, though, not rule, I broke my uh, little embargo I had, where it was like, I want to see the first one again f- before I see Maverick, but it was such a last minute thing, I was like, oh crap, whatever, but the film kind of helped in that in that sense, so, uh, yeah, Caleb, just, uh, you know, run, go through the checklist of what I thought, or uh, of asking me questions. Sure. Hmm. Number one, did you see it in Screen X or in regular? I saw it in regular screening. Oh, what is Screen X? Oh, no, not this again. That's the panoramic uh, thing where they put oh, it okay, on. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, yeah. I remember, I remember. I forgot what it was called. Yeah, I think I put a speakeasy out of it a little while ago. You or did. maybe it's still to come, I don't remember. <laughs> no, it's up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, both of you talked about it twice. Um, <laughs> so, Eric, you've just, uh, the, the thought has left your brain, which is fine. I just forgot what it was called. I totally recall the thing, though. So, uh, so coming in, um, are you a fan of plane movies? Is that something that attracts you? Or... <laughs> I'm just curious, because I feel like that can have a lot to... I'm sorry, this just sounds like a funny question. <laughs> it is a funny question, but, like, no, I, in, in all seriousness, yeah, I think... Hmm, how do, how do I put this? I gotta, be, I gotta be careful with what I say. Because I know that you're a fan of uh, Porco Rosso. Because the only movie I can think so. of... The first movie in my mind is the spin-off of the Car series. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Fire and Rescue, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Um, well, I, I'd say I, I probably am, um, but we don't get too many, well, I, I, I'm ignorant and haven't seen too many flying movies, so I can't, I can't comment on that, but I kind of, I kind of like that idea of, of just flying, and we don't really get that many, like, again, true fighter movies, and while you, while you'll probably uh, disagree with me on this one, Caleb, I don't know about Eric, but it, it is nice to actually, like, see an attempt at like a military story in a way uh i'll be this is not a military story i get that but just like actually using military jargon and dialogue and you know correct movers i i enjoy that stuff i like when a film is technical like that Mm -hmm. 
So. Yeah, and, and I know uh, we discussed this a lot during our Godzilla anime uh, thing. I mean, you both really enjoy seeing a plan that's fully laid out. Oh, yeah. And it's really related to the audience. Uh, did, I'm assuming you enjoyed that aspect as well, <laughs> knowing your inclinations. Yeah, I was really surprised that it was like, um, like it, we opened it with almost immediately after, you know, the little prologue. Um, mm -hmm. We opened with it, and I was like, wow, just right off the bat. I don't remember if that plan was even. Well, I wasn't even the. There was no plan in the original Top Gun, right? Like, there was just. No, uh, no, it was no. Just them fighting, right? Like not fighting, but it was just them tringing, uh, and to see c compete who gets into Top Gun. That's interesting. Where you almost could say like they could do a, uh, they could do a rehash of it because just that's all life is really is just rehash. Like people try to get into the academy and they either fail or they don't. And it's like <laughs> that could be almost every movie, but like. And this, every all the recruits are Top Gun, correct or or not? Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're already all they're all established as Top. There's no like it's not. Oh, I gotta get into Top Gun. It's just everybody no. already is in Top Gun. Okay, um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting plan. Uh, it was based off of something I, I hear. It was based off of like a real like. Okay, ficti They made it a fictitious thing, but it was based off of like a real life event. I think either that I wasn't aware of this America conducted. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but something like that. Just obviously they made the scenario a lot like more tense. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad they had the plan there. I, I, th I think I think it worked. What else are you going with? Yeah, I was also going to ask uh, in terms of like so much of the movie's training. I talked to a few people who found that they were like, oh, I was kind of boring. I kept waiting for something to happen. Um, and how did you feel about that aspect of it? Well, the training was some of the best parts. I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I agree. <laughs> how could? Why would they think that's boring? But of course, I know why. Because you know they want to see somebody's head get blown off uh, oh. by a plane or something. And I'm like, that's not. You're not. You're in the wrong movie, buddy. <laughs> Go watch some other schlock. Well, I'm curious. I think how how familiar are you with the original Top Gun? I've seen it. I have the steel book. Um, oh, okay. I have, that's why I said I wanted to watch it before I watched this one, but I didn't get it, you know, it was a last minute thing, so I did not have that chance. I had the same thing. Uh, <laughs> nor, like I said, I'm I'm lazy procrastinator, so like, I just never got around to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think all the, that was the fun stuff, especially when like, uh, uh, Maverick is you know, basically like testing all these guys and... You know, there's the arrogant guy there, the you know, the, the stock arrogant man. Um, he's there, and he gets his like, you know, not comeuppance, but he certainly gets his like. He's he's going after Maverick and thinks that he's a hot shot and whatnot, and then Maverick just like outclasses him. It's kind of fun to see that. I, I mean, one might say that's just like kind of white man or old white man, like you know, showing up everybody. It's like I don't know, I kind of like. I distanced myself from that and just said, it's kind of cool. It just seeing like a character that has, you know, had been around for 40 years. It kind of just shows like the, the veteran versus like all the newbies. It's kind of nice to see that. Oh, I loved it. I was welling up a little. Oh, wait, were you talking, wait, were you saying Cruz was the arrogant guy or you're talking the other character? No, the other guy. Oh, okay. okay. No, the, 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 whatever their name is. I, I forget. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't remember their names either. Um, but no, I just want to say for myself for a second that, you know, when I was, because I was a bit trepidatious, certainly going into this, watching Maverick, even though I wanted to see it, um, because I definitely had the fear 
that because there's all these things that have been revisited lately, you know, like Ghostbusters um, and, I don't know, numerous other things from the 80s that have been revisited 25, 30 years later. Cobra Kai. And I was really afraid this was going to be, like, original 2.0, like, or, like, original, we're just going to up everything, but it's going to have, like, all the same beats. And in a way, it does have the same beats in a way, but as, as a as a as a whole movie i was you know i was like wow you know i just hope this is good i know it's not gonna be in my head i know it's not gonna be as good as the original but i just hope it's just a good movie to some degree on its own um even putting the visuals aside because that's an obvious slam dunk versus the original even putting that aside for a second I actually, I, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised. I was surprised walking out, and I thought it more like a month later after I saw it. That, and well, especially once I rewatched Top Gun after seeing Maverick, because I hadn't seen the original in a while. Oh my god! Even putting the visuals aside, they kind of make everything better, uh, in a way. I think because even the training scenes or drama or between characters. Even like trying to make, even though it's a side, uh, it's not the main part of the movie, but even trying to make a more believable love story, I think it's almost improved in every possible way. The only thing you could kind of give the original over the sequel, which is kind of like an unfair fight anyway, is to say something involving like the Goose character. Um, you don't have anything that heavy. Um, in the second but other than that which is almost a freebie i it, it actually surprised me that the sequel surpasses the original almost in every way i agree i, I very much i was not expecting that for like a legacy sequel yeah and i haven't seen the original top gun in since, since it's probably been like 12 or so years maybe longer but i i was expecting this this one to coming in i was like ah oh, it's probably going to be in a similar vein but it, it felt like it was in a whole new another level but again, I need to go back to the original <laughs> to fully judge. But. Yeah, I still love the original. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely a flawed movie, but I still think it's better than most movies from the 80s when you revisit them now. Uh, but um, another thing, um, um, you were saying how, you know, we don't get a lot of like play movies and it was something good to have the military jargon and something. You're right. We don't get a lot of flying movies these days like we used to. But... We still get a, a fair amount of war or soldier, seaman-related movies. Certainly, we still get those, you know, these days. But the thing for me that I was kind of it was refreshing after I saw the movie, because um, I kind of miss, in a weird way, the old um, American propaganda type military movie, because almost everything post 9-11 has been like either something that really really criticizes like the modern day um, american military propaganda stuff or it's just stuff that is like like everything seems to focus i mean the the movies that focus on modern time war stuff it's always some degree of ptsd or you know the scars of war and i get it i mean for making things realistic and for portraying a certainly a legitimate point of view vis-a-vis war i get it that of course but my point is almost it feels like almost everything modern has been like that um 
And that's why I had a, a nostalgia that I didn't even know I really wanted. But for this old-fashioned uh, Hollywood or 80s um, propaganda military film, I mean, without laying it on too thick um, in a propaganda kind of way, but what I'm saying is a military-related movie that isn't heavy, heavy. I actually appreciated that. I don't know if anyone else here has those kind of thoughts, but that was something for me that was throwback in a good way because it's just something we don't see these days. I will comment on that, but I will first state that there is some PTSD in this film, given that... Right, but not in like the Hurt Locker kind of way or one of those many... Um, um, sniper movies i mean i'm not saying they're all the same but it seems like that's a running theme well i mean it's like many soldiers regardless of which side they're on do you know get PTSD. oh again it's totally legitimate it's just it's it's been non-stop with that stuff oh it's relatability for pit sakes yeah and it helps yeah it helps moving away from you know th this one's not so tied to a very muddy war experience like some of those other movies which taking place with real world uh wars with really real world <laughs> implications this yes. one removes itself from that thankfully because yeah yes that's what i'm saying yes because at least something different man this is as a uh person that we like to watch uh put it about the last two mission impossible maybe not last two but like at least the last mission impossible uh fallout movie there uh is that and with this one, these these last two, these big like big Tom Cruise projects, I know he's been another step. Like these past two big Tom Cruise projects, have really been kind of apolitical. Like they're not. It's not like they're like the last mm -hmm. like the Fallout film had anarchy in it, but it didn't target anything, any governments. It, well, I know they target government, but they never really talked about like why they're uh, wanting to topple governments. But it was still kind of like very apolitical. Like just avoided the the subject altogether of like why nation is bad. They're just were like, no, we're gonna we're gonna just um, try yeah. to topple them down. Now one could say that's kind of like flat and you know not not well written, and that's up to for debate. And this one as well is very much uh, as apolitical as it can be to the point where I forgot this, but in the in the original. Uh, the people they're fighting, like the people they get into conflict with, are unnamed. Like they don't, the nation is unknown. And the same with this nation, you can almost say it's the same nation. That's the fan speculation is that it's the same nation uh, that they fought beforehand. And I enjoyed that aspect. I was actually very pleased that they like wanted to, because I was I, when they laid out the plan. That was when I was going to say first, Caleb, is that like they didn't even tell us who the nation was. I was like, that's very weird. Mm -hmm. um, but over the time, I was like, okay, I, I see why they're doing this because. That way, uh, there is no... It's just... Uh, it is us versus them, but they don't have to... It's a nice thing of not having to, like, just paint a nation instead. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, I think they even went even more bending over backwards in this newer movie to make it a nameless nation. I know it was unnamed in the first one as well, but, especially if, you know, if you were conscious in the 80s, because um, it didn't have to be them, but... 99% of everyone assumed it was either a Russian, um, especially because they're using MiGs, and I know not only, only not only Russians use MiGs, but still, in almost everyone's mind in the 80s, it had to be Russians, and if it wasn't Russians, it was certainly communists, um, even though it's not said. 
I mean, that's just what everyone's thinking. No, 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 yeah, it's it's just like it's heavily like implied to be, but it's nice that they didn't say. Yes, yeah, no one would think yeah. anything otherwise uh, with the original, but with this one, oh, they certainly bend over backwards to make it obscure, which I'm fine with. Um, but but it's noticeable to me that they bent over backwards, and the way you described it, you said you know this movie is extremely apolitical, which I agree with. Um, but people in my circles, they would they would agree with the sentiment, but they would say it differently than how you said it. I see. What would they say? They would say that this movie is anti woke or not woke. <laughs> That's the, but what, what they mean is what you said. <laughs> But they would describe it as either anti-woke or not woke. Um, it's just weird. And that is something that jumped out at me. Okay. Independently and within my circles. It jumped out with me with this movie and another movie that came out you know, a bit before this. But it jumped out at me with the, um, uh, the Far From Home. Um, is that what it was? The, the most recent Spider-Man movie. Those this movie and that movie really jumped out at me as being anti or not woke, um, as compared to all the other big releases of the last couple of years or three years even. Um, and yeah, that that was something very noticeable to me, um, which made me appreciate both those movies a lot more. Because, and again, I think we mean the same thing, but with different language. Um, but the way you described it, I mean, that's basically what I'm saying as well about those two movies. Is that my my brain didn't have to deal with any baggage of other thoughts about this or that because it was just not present. Just just uh, I would say because uh, when I when I hear people talk about woke, I tend to think they're talking about social politics, not foreign policy. Oh oh. So in that regard, it sounds it sounds weird to say to put to put it in that re- regard. Unless it's become a catch-all term and it's just like encompasses everything. That's what I think. I think it's a catch-all. <laughs> no, 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 you know, no, no. They usually, oh yeah, it's both, because they usually do mean it. Like you, uh, just as you said, they usually mean more social. Uh, you're correct, but they also mean it globally as well. So you know, it's like correct on both in a weird way. And I always throw out like, is the original Red Dawn is that woke in their point of view, or is it not because it's conservative? Like it's just it's it's a weird term. Oh, no, no, that's not that's not woke at all because that is like it's incredibly political though, and and obviously so in your face. No, it is, but it's it's totally, but it but it's towing the line for the time that it was in, um, um, like it was just like, well, okay. <laughs> to make your arg- argument correct, like to say that it was a weird, um, um, uh, funhouse mirror woke version, you could say that in a way. So at the time, the, okay, but there's one difference. You could make them the same. In the, you could call Red Dawn or something like it woke for the '80s, if you mean that. Oh yeah, this is absolutely towing the line in Hollywood in in those days. You know, yes. woke is considered towing the line in Hollywood in current day. The difference, though, between then and now is that Hollywood was giving the masses exactly what they wanted in the 80s. So they were in cahoots with each other. Um, so mainstream, everybody was on board with that brand of wokeism, and Hollywood was happy to serve it up. The difference nowadays is that. I believe, at least speaking for the United States anyway, 
uh, this could be different in Canada, but in the United States anyway, yes, woke is absolutely the culture of America, Hollywood right now, and has been. The thing is, it only appeals to um, a certain portion of the American population, and it's not like the 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 overall mainstream portion of the country as a whole, as that '80s propaganda was. Um, this is propaganda to a certain segment in current day United States culture, whereas in the '80s everybody was pretty much on board, Republican and Democrat. But that's not the way it is these days. Um. Okay. Uh, I'll <laughs> get to more of that later. But oh no, let's yeah, let's move past this. Yeah, Caleb, please. Uh, next next point. I know you were gonna get a checklist. Yeah, and I was curious what you thought of Tom Cruise uh, in general in this movie. Uh, you know, he's a maniac. Uh, I don't mean, like, the, the character of Maverick. I just mean, like, you know, Cruz is, as everybody says, is a maniac. I think, but it's, it's, you rarely see this kind of, like, actor anymore where he's willing to do anything and everything. I don't know if he broke his body in this at all, but, like, yeah. it's like he didn't fall out. But, like, man, yeah, this is, yeah, he certainly, even, even though... There's, there's no, like, he's just like, you know, most of this, like, the stunts in the planes are real, they absolutely are, but not everything is, there is still CGI. It's not like he's not, he's not above using CGI, even though he's not the director, uh, but he's certainly, like, uh, more in favor of showing, you know, models or actual airplanes um, than something fake in, with CGI, I mean. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And um yeah, like that the plane in the hangar um at the beginning of the movie, the 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 World War II plane in the hangar. That that is his personal plane that he put in the oh, movie. Oh wow. Cuz you know, he, he does five planes for fun like you know, his personal life. And yeah, that was his personal plane. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, I know this isn't the Eric show, but uh I have some kind of weird relationship with Tom Cruise as an actor or performer in that I'm not like this massive Cruise fan. I'm certainly not a Cruise hater, but I'm very, I guess, a la carte or something with, with all his works, um, present or past. Um, whereas I will see him in specific things and think he's absolutely amazing in specific things. And then other things he does, I just completely pass over because I just... I think it's not for me. I don't know for sure because I haven't watched those things. But it's like I, I'm very just selective and a la carte with Tom Cruise. And then when I see him in something that I really like, I'm just like, yeah, this dude's amazing. Yet, I've never been like a massive fan of him like I have been of other actors in the past. I, I don't know why. I don't, it's inexplicable um, to me. Now, Caleb, do you mean Maverick the character or Tom Cruise? Uh, mix of both, but okay, yeah, however you want to take it, really. Uh, well, that's fair. Uh, I I think he did a great job in this, like acting wise. Uh, both the stunts. Yeah. I mean, he delivers, of course, uh, the stunts. Like, go see this movie just for the stunts. I will say that. Um, but I think the acting wise, I think this is probably one of his stronger acting performances, personally. Uh, both with the, like, with the character. I, I could be wrong on that. Maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid here, but, like, again, I tried to separate myself th from the fact of how, like, many accolades this movie has gotten, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is a good movie. 
uh, and I enjoyed it. And yeah, I think I think I'll, I will go into more of it uh, uh, no, later. But I think I'll I'll get to some of the scenes I'm talking about in, in a bit. But like, yeah, I think overall I, I did enjoy his performance. Yeah, and how do you feel like the younger cast uh, integrate into the story for you? Well, according to Eric on some of the speakeasies, this is a woke cast. <laughs> no, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. Okay, never mind. I thought I thought that's what you said, but like, fair enough. Well, what do you think of them? <laughs> uh, you know, they are you know a new generation of Top Gun fighter pilots, uh, and you know they have a lot of them this time. Well, they have a lot of them this time. I'm sorry, uh, but I knew that they would only focus on a few, uh, and I think they were all memorable. Maybe not. Okay, I gotta be careful what I say here because it's like I. I do remember the ones that stood out, and obviously they're the ones that did not stand out. But like, mm-hmm. wait, I actually want to hear what you think. Like, just with your whole like, you hate you hate uh, the trope of uh, stock military characters, so you're gonna feel for them. What did you think of them, Caleb? Oh, I, I definitely don't think that they had that <laughs> in this. No, I feel like they gave everyone they did 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 a good job of casting. Where they got some somewhat recognizable faces, but people who could bring some charisma to the role and stand out, just in terms of, in terms of their performances. Part of my um, bland uh, military leads is I feel like they cast actors who don't have all that much charisma, and they don't really give much of the character, and it's just kind of like you're supposed to just accept them automatically as like, oh, there's someone who's serving, you know, they're 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 living for a purpose better than themselves, so I'm just supposed to automatically relate and accept them. I don't feel like that's the issue with this movie. Yeah, I forget what you said that. There's a couple... One would have been... Is that how you feel about like some of the military characters in the Transformers movies? Yep, 100%. And, Godzilla 2014. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Avatar. Yeah, and you mentioned something else recently. Yeah, Avatar. That was the one. That was the one yeah. recently. Get Caleb's version of woke, in a way. <laughs> These military characters are so woke. <laughs> right. It, 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 in the through-the-looking-glass way, yes. That is what it is, through-the-looking-glass. It's just a lazy... Sometimes they do this with children, too. They'll cast, like, kids who can't really act. I mean, <laughs> fuck, uh, uh, Jake Lloyd is in some ways a thing of that, where the directors are like, oh, it's a young kid, you're going to just automatically like them, so so I'm not too worried about that aspect. That part's already going to win the audience. I feel like a lot of directors do that as well. This is 100% your version of Woke from the other point of view. I mean, this is the same thing. Just flip side. So what what you're expressing and feeling right now, that's the same kind of feeling just on the opposite side of the aisle, so to speak? Well, I would say uh, at least this doesn't have some sort of vague political connotation. Because again, I think the Woke thing is vague. They're pointing out, especially when it comes to bad writing, I always wonder, why are you attaching it to this trope rather than focus on the bad writing aspect instead of throwing it under this weird umbrella? No, but that's it. Well, okay. That's because, again, you're not in their, in their speakeasies because that's exactly what they're doing. Um, it's just their short, it's just their term for it. Because usually what woke means, it's not just it is to a degree, but it's not really the emphasis on the rote representation. That is part of it, but that's not the main thrust. The main thrust of it is the poor writing of specific characters. And they tend to go hand in hand in this woke era of, oh, you see this person who is representing whatever, um, whether it's orientation or 
um, POC or something. And then it tends to go hand in hand with really poor writing or character development with that particular. And then, and then, and then in those circles, that's boom. That that is red meat for the woke tag, so to speak. And so you're you're expressing the same exact thing, except you're talking about those type of rote. Um, except uh, like you said, those war type characters who are like like oh, I'm supposed to just accept this because. You know they're in the military. That's the same thing. Like oh, I'm supposed to accept this because it's a woman of color, or it's a uh, lesbian relationship. I'm just supposed to accept this, and, you know. But it's about the poor writing. So, like I said, it's the same thing. It's just flipped on its head. Yeah, except I only point out the trope when it applies. I don't uh, automatically see a military character and automatically jump to oh no, this is this is in the Ex- okay. Good point. This is in the woke uh, category. Very good point because the knee jerk. I don't know what you call the other faction, the anti-woke. I don't know what, what we call them. I don't know what the label is. But I don't know if we want to call them MAGA or something. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what to call them. But those people, that's why they have knee-jerk reactions. Um, like with this movie, they'll be like, oh, like, yeah, it's a good movie. But, you know, oh, they had to do, like, the woke casting for, like, the uh, the pilots. See that that's their their lazy knee jerk reaction, um, but see because I'm not them, um, I go no. That's why, I, and I I kind of remember what I said in the speakeasy about 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 the pilots, and and what I was basically trying to say then, uh, I still feel the same way now. Yes, on their surface it looks like woke casting, but again that's the lazy interpretation of the movie. That's a knee jerk reaction by those who want to call everything woke and i'm like yes it looks woke but when you actually watch it it it, it's it's not fair to call it that um because that'd be as lazy as saying alien in 1979 was woke because ripley was like the hero of the movie and see that would be lazy to say too but that's basically like if alien came out brand new now the knee-jerk reactionist would just be like oh my god it's it's a woke alien movie about you know this This little hapless little girl who ultimately defeats the alien when no man could see the see again. That's like surface level, like lazy opinionating. Yeah, I always think about that with Lord of the Rings. So they go back and watch that because there's that one guy was like, "No man could kill me," and then she's like, "I'm no man." I'm always <laughs> like, "Oh, with the woke reactionaries, where they see that and just like." Yeah, just like scream their heads off or something on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. That's fair. But Isaac, uh, where where were we here? I feel like we got off track. Um, I love with the characters, uh, the new characters. I loved uh, all their names, by the way. All their um, all their uh, call signs. Oh yeah, call yeah. Signs, Handles, whatever you want to call them. Handles, call signs. Thank you very much, Eric. Um, yeah, like Phoenix, uh, Hangman. I actually forgot the other two, and then Bob. Oh yeah, Bob. <laughs> That was uh, everybody. What what happened to Bob? Or what about Bob? Excuse me. What about him? Oh wow! What about Bob? Wow. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, because I was hook, line, and sinker for the original Top Gun propaganda. I mean, literally, I already wanted to be in the military. It made me even more want to go into the military at the time. And oh, wow. I, and oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, but I was always trying to like come up with what would my call sign be. And I don't know. I've never come up with anything good. I still wonder. Like, what would be a good call sign for me? But I guess it's like nicknames. Like, it's too hard. You can't make up your own. Somebody yeah, else has to give exactly. it to you. And so, 
Somebody give me one because I want to know what mine would be. Um, <laughs> but, but Isaac, uh, how would you feel like the the dynamic of Rooster uh, was with uh, uh, what's Tom Cruise character's name again? Maverick. <laughs> Maverick. Pete. Pete Mitchell. <laughs> Pete. Uh, <laughs> so it's this was the whole movie. Like this was absolutely what the whole movie was over. Um, mm. They really stressed that they they wanted to bring in that idea, and this this feels like a, a a plot that has been done not to death in other movies. I mean, uh, where like the the, the 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 character has stress over the fact that um, they have a son or something like that, and so they hold them back or whatnot. And maybe, maybe I'm just generalizing but in this it really worked i think it really worked and miles teller did a fantastic job with selling him that i i definitely believe him to be the son of goose um i think he put on a wonderful performance i think the chemistry worked between the two personally i i think i think it did uh and they really sold it to me yeah i just want to say when i realized what was happening watching the movie early on and i go oh, okay right right son of goose and Miles Teller is another guy I'm weirdly hit or miss because I think he's brilliant in some movies I've seen and then he just bothers me in other movies of his and so because I, yeah. I went in pretty blind to this movie and you know I didn't know who all was cast and yada 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 and so when I saw him I was like oh no this could go one of two ways for me oh no he's he's Goose's son I was really trepidatious but at the end of the day God it all worked out so yeah, I yeah. agree. He was fantastic. It was it was great. Yeah, and Isaac, how'd you feel about the little wrinkle with the plan failing, and him kind of uh, Tom Cruise having to go back for Rooster? How do you feel like that uh, worked out? Uh oh, back, back. Well, I mean, they succeeded. It's just like it was the getting yeah, a little wrinkle. Getting out. Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> wrinkle at the very end when they get it out. It's like I I figured because like. You know, no pl no plan ever in history. That's not okay. Sorry, that's not true. I gotta be careful when I say asterisks. Um, most <laughs> plans in history don't go off the way they do because variables will inevitably come in, like new variables that unknown factors will come in that will change uh, the way the plan is put out. And in this case, yeah, two bogeys came in and caused some some problems there. And obviously, Rooster as well was still feeling a little stressed uh, amongst some other stuff. So he's like, I don't know if I can do it, and so he does. And, um, I mean, it was kind of to be expected. I, I, I was, I, I was like, there's no way this plan is going to go off like, you know, like that, like clockwork, like, there's no way. So obviously I knew that was going to have to happen, but <laughs> I kind of am with Eric in a way, maybe well, not where I was like, hang on, this is when you, in your speech, when you guys were talking about speaking, right, initially. Right. Oh, okay. um, I'm not, I'm not in the camp of like, I didn't need those last like 20 minutes, but I was actually surprised. I guess that was what Eric, you said, um, I was surprised about that, that there was still 20 minutes and they did what they did. I was actually surprised by that of like, Oh, we're actually going to infiltrate the base and get a, at, was it an F 14? Absolutely. was. Yes. Oh, I loved it. I thought that was, that, that was just great. It kind of seemed a little unrealistic to me. I was like, I don't it, it know is. if this works. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Cause like, <laughs> like the ground crews just don't happen to see them. So I'm like, this feels a little weird. And, Oh boy! Now I have I have a new a new a new bone. I got a, I got a new bone to pick, or what? Something oh. that grinds my gears. I got a, I got a new thing killing. It's, it's brand new. 
this is the opposite of your like your you whenever you see water or snow on on screen. Oh man, this peeved me off, and it's, it's such a nitpick, mm. and it has nothing. It, it probably is absolutely nothing, but I'll tell you what, man. What really grind my gears is the fact that they're in this non-Russia uh, snowy <laughs> environment, right? And they absolutely do not have any breath showing whatsoever. I was like, oh, interesting. Of hmm. all the things they could have oh, like you know, put that. in there, I was like, well. This is because I work outside, and because... Oh, no, I noticed it in other movies, but I'm surprised I didn't notice it in this movie. That's fair, but, man, it just irks me because I work outside. I live in the Northern Hemisphere. I sound privileged. I'm so sorry if I do, but it's just, like, that takes me out of it when, like, you know, they're in a cold environment, and there's no breath, and I'm like, why? I'm going to be fascinated to see what The Last Jedi... Or, not Last Jedi, sorry. Uh, Forced Awakens looks like again when they're on uh, whatever that planet is. Um, circular base planet. Right, um, right. And one could say, like, oh, well, maybe you should look at what, what it, in Empire, since they filmed in Norway. It's like, hang on, you better check that. Yeah. I'm like, I will. I absolutely will. I think there is some breath. Maybe I'm wrong with that. But, like, oh, man, that peeved me out. Unless they actually did film there and you can't see your breath. I'm pretty sure you can see your breath in, like, Norway and, and parts of Russia. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, probably not the inner cave scenes, uh, but... Certainly, the stuff that appears to be outdoors. Oh yeah, of course, not the Wampa Cave, that's but different. it probably should be there. But uh, no, that's an interesting omission. No, there's there's three, at least off the top of my head, three glaring, not realistic things in the movie. Um, uh, the first one is is the ejection at High Mock. There's no way that is possibly survivable at all, unless. You were wearing some kind of pressure suit that doesn't exist. Oh uh, yeah, the beginning with Mach Ten. No, that yeah. was that was unrealistic to me. I was like, "There's no way he lives from that." Yeah, it's like, it's impossible. It's, it's it's absurd and illogical. Literally and impossible. Um, not even grounded or plausible. What what I just learned in the last week, which I did not know until the last week, that is actually a real plane that exists. That I did not know. Um, I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was made up for the movie or not. Well, but it's not the actual plane, though, right? No, no, it's an actual plane. Okay, yeah. well, but it's not the plane. I think it is. Uh, I don't know. I have, I don't know, but it but it is an actual plane with that actually exists uh, okay. in real life right now. Like not just as a drawing. Like it's an it's, it actually exists. Now, can it go at least above Mach eight? Though that's the question. Um, I don't know about that part, but I did hear because the original SR thirty one has held the the speed record. Um, for planes, like, is held a record since, like, the 60s. And I believe this plane is capable of being that record. I don't know that they've actually done it. And even if they have, they probably wouldn't tell us right now. Uh, of course they wouldn't. But I I understand it's capable of going somewhere in the range of, like, Mach 7 or something, but I don't know about this Mach wow. 10 business. That's awesome. Um, uh, but, yeah, because when I watch the movie, and I usually know about planes i was a plane aficionado when i was a kid and i genuinely had no fucking clue because as much as i know about future military planes i was not familiar with this particular one um but it, yeah it does really exist uh so anyway that was super implausible and fake oh uh the other thing i'm no expert on you know aerial combat or tactics or anything like that but it still seems to me to accomplish the mission they're trying to accomplish in the movie. 
I can't imagine why a current day real life scenario would be something akin to the the, the trench run in, in Star Wars, which is so funny that they like kind of do a trench run in, in a way. Right. Yeah. But because it seems to me, as not knowing anything about real life aerial tactics, it seems to me the most likely thing you would do nowadays is either some type of drone. And I know they have some reason why they explain they can't in the movie. But you would still have some kind of drone. Or you'd have some type of stealth that drops a smart missile from high altitude. Or you would have some type of hypersonic missile, which the U.S. is working on now. If not already has. They just don't want to say. That seems like what you would do in modern times. But whatever. And then the last one is with the Tom... the the. Um, F-14, Tomcat at the end, the the vintage vehicle. There's no fucking way. I mean, even if you have one right now, there's no fucking way two guys on their own can just find one sitting there and huh? prep it for launch on their own. That is impossible. No, yeah, those are three impossible things. That being said, I don't care. I can totally suspend my disbelief to enjoy the movie. I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, it's funny, at least there's actual real combat in this movie. If you go back to the original, it's funny now to look back on it that there's hardly any at all real, quote-unquote, real combat in the original movie. If you remember, whether they are in training or they're in their real-life situation combats that happen in the movie, the whole thing is based upon we just need to get a lock and that's going to cause the other person to bug out. Like, isn't that kind of weird? That that's, like, the whole premise of all the aerial combat in the first movie? I mean, sure, but I haven't seen it in a while, so I can't really, like, completely remember, but... It's kind of weird to reflect on. There's nothing about, oh, we actually shot that guy down or shot... Nobody shoots anybody down in the entire movie. It's just, oh, I got a lock on you. Oh, shit, I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> and that's what everything is based upon in that well, movie. Well, it's kind of like putting a gun to somebody's head in a way of like i could fire but i'm giving you a chance to leave now so get out no it is but it, it'd be like hey let's go paintballing except we're not actually gonna hit each other with the paintballs it's just once i come up on you and say i got you you're just gonna go ahead and like well, flag yourself because like paintballs tapping. don't yeah exactly well yeah paintballs doesn't kill you my point is that's just paintball when and it's not just when they're in training i can understand if they just do it when they're in top gun training but when they get in actual conflicts with MiGs, it's the exact same rules of war, which is, oh shit, you got a lock on me? I'm bugging out. Um, which seems really weird for real war situations. Because, like, you know, nobody plays by rules when it's actual, you know, do or die time. Oh, but I should uh, I should probably bail out on you guys. I, I gotta go make some dinner. I'm starved. So, <laughs> as far as I can feel... Well, I'm any... starving too. And I'm going to add just... Yeah, this is obviously a bonus conversation i wasn't expecting to have of course um, <laughs> but i love it i love it uh i will uh i will continue more of this later caleb not for now because i know you really want to get to know all right sorry to take up all your time but i haven't podcasted like in two weeks so i had it all, like all built up <laughs> in me <laughs> that's fair well it was it was good having you back in the bar here uh, me and isaac are always happy to uh have some familiar faces in, you know, where we got our regulars, but they're usually just boozing up in the corner, but always happy to have a friendly face. But anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for coming in, and peace. <laughs>